Life Audio. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Billy and the Goat, the show dedicated to helping you overcome life's challenges, overcoming anxiety, overcoming adversity. My guest today, I am so excited to have a conversation with, is my cousin. She is Dr. Brenda Wall. She has deserved, she has served as a leader in the Dallas Fort Worth, Texas mental health community for more than three decades. Throughout her career, she has maintained expertise in psychotherapy, pastoral counseling, higher education, and social justice. Dr. Wall has served as vice president at two HBCUs, has twice been department chair in psychology, and has been a staff pastor in counseling. She is a writer of addresses. Who, excuse me. She is a writer who addresses diverse issues of currency in American society. With degrees from Vassar College, Boston University, and George Washington University, she has consistently worked among the people in their churches, jails, schools, hospitals, and online, challenging their burdens, being inspired by their strength. Dr. Wall, a former Fulbright scholar, currently serves as grant director of Reclaiming Mental Health at Friendship West Baptist Church in Dallas, Texas, and counselor at the Lovett School in Atlanta, Georgia. She is often consulted on issues of social equity and justice. This permits her to provide a range of creative interventions which challenge, inspire, and heal, and ultimately contribute to a fairer and more stable society. My cousin, Dr. Wall, welcome to the show. Hello, Billy, the goat. (laughs) My cousin, yes. (laughs) That's how we roll, everybody. That's how we roll. That's it. That's it. That's it. Cousin, I'm so excited to have you here. My goodness gracious. Wow. Where do we start, right? You know, this is obviously this is a faith based. We're talking about faith. Excellent. Where did it begin for you? How did it start? You know, know, I think where I where I'm aware that it started is when I was a little girl. I was I must have been between three and five years old and I was parked in front of our house. My father left me in the car, ran inside. It wasn't like today, y'all. He left me. He ran inside to get something from the house to come back out. And at that moment, I heard a silence that I still remember. It captivated my attention. It was it was it was immobilizing, and it was like, oh my gosh, what what, what is this? What does this mean? And I suppose that question is one that I have continued to ask in terms of my spiritual journey and my connection on a higher level. So from that from that point, uh, I came from a family that uh, loved the Lord. They they uh, your your mother teases that when she came to visit, we would go around the table and everybody. What would we do? We would everyone would say uh, a prayer. Mm. I guess everyone would say a prayer. And then my father would end it by reading the scripture and saying a prayer. And she was going, oh, gosh, what am I going to do? What are they going to do when they get to be? So that was always a part of my life. So as a little girl, I remember praying and I just thought I said something like, dear Lord, thank you. And the Sunday school teacher was so impressed. And she said, 
you can tell a child who really prays. And I thought that was amazing. Anyway, so the little girl had an experience with the Lord and the little girl was reinforced by church experiences. And the little girl continued to have the experiences from her church and from her family that allowed her to navigate a rough world, everybody. Well, cousin, I'm glad you shared that because I'd be willing to guess that a lot of people, you're a very powerful prayer. I I marvel at you, at your prayers. Thank you. So it started when you were five years old. No one of you. Yeah, I had to be real little because I wasn't yet in the uh, the kindergarten class with Miss Jennings. I was in the other class, and they said, "Oh, you can tell that she." So yeah praying because we did have to pray. And my prayer, this was my prayer as a little girl. My prayer was, Lord, have mercy on me. I said, oh my God. So when you go back and look at that, and then if you look, everybody who's listening, when I get through the day, I must say, Lord, have mercy. And it's a different Lord, have mercy. But that that was my prayer. I think that's the 51st Psalm too. And uh, it was a while before I realized that that the miserere, I think is what they called it, that the prayer of God having mercy. And so I've expanded everybody from mercy to grace. You know, how about some grace? Amen. Amen. Well, you, we have to, I need to find out, you can give some tips on my, on my praying because your prayers are just amazing. And there's a reason that my mother does, you know, has you pray doing Bible study and um, so frequently. Well, I love to pray. I love to pray. However, the powerful prayers, I think, and, and, you know, when, when, when people say, kids say, teach me how to pray. Well, God, God just wants to hear from you. He's not interested in eloquence. He's interested in authenticity. Amen. He's interested in love and that connection and wanting to draw closer. So uh, there is a place perhaps for the, the beautiful prayers. There's a, there's a place for that. Just like there's a, a place for the, the beautiful creation that we have. But, but God's not looking for uh, a PhD in prayer unless it's a praising him daily. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question. So regarding stress and instances and trials and tribulations, how did you deal with it? How did you handle that as a little girl and not just a little girl, but you know, growing up teenager school, how did, how how did you help? How did you handle stress? I, I, I was marvelously protected as a child, I was not aware of how protected I was. I was I was always supervised. It didn't seem that way to me because it seemed that I had a lot of freedom. But somehow my parents had it so that there was always either a mother, father, brother, or grandparent, or, or someone close. I, I was always supervised. So I had a very safe life. Mm. And I had a very... Um, <clears throat> I grew up during segregation, everybody. So during that time when there was so much turmoil in the world, I, I would say my parents did a pretty good job of protecting me from the, the evils that surrounded us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, kept us safe. So even though it was high stress for them, uh, I, I don't think I really encountered it directly until I was emerging from high school. They, they put me in summer programs. I went to summer school every year. I was academic. I was someone who was very academic and I loved that. Mm-hmm. So I was always in summer school. I was always in some structured programming. It was safe. I don't think the stress in my life really kicked in 
until I left my beautiful, safe, loving, segregated uh, life, Lord have mercy, and went to Vassar College. I think that was the culture shock and that was the awakening. All of our teachers prepared us to go through those doors when the doors open. But oh boy, that was difficult for the women who were at Vassar. And it was eye-opening for me. No longer protected. Uh, I think my teachers and I know my parents felt like I had enough in me to be able to figure it out. Because I was, Billy, I was crying. I said, I don't want to go. Mama, please let me go to Virginia Union. Please take me home. Let me go to Virginia Union. And my brother said, you're just here to get your studies. Don't even worry about, oh, because I spoiled everybody. Remember how protected I was? Mm -hmm. I was very spoiled. Please, oh, please, oh, Mama, please. That sounds like me when I wanted, I didn't want to go to Landon when I when it, it would, oh, it would go from yeah, public you to were younger. yeah. You were young. I was, I was a little, but but what kind of mother did I have who heard this crying child? And they could have easily allowed me to go to one of the uh, historically black colleges, but hey, they meant I was going to stick it out, and it was hard. It was very hard. Absolutely. So how did I navigate that? Mm-hmm. We went to chapel every. Sunday. I had a best friend who also loved the Lord. Every Sunday we would dredge up the hill, go up that hill oh when goodness. it was freezing, our knees would be we, we loved the Lord. So how did I make it? God. Amen. God. And I was a I was a kind of a God person that uh so certainly we went to chapel because that was a place where we could listen to beautiful music mm-hmm. and hear a word. Mm-hmm. But uh I did pray. And I did. I know when I was in high school, I used to read the Bible every night. So that's a part of my life. People on the outside wouldn't have known that. They wouldn't have considered me particularly religious, but it was certainly a part of my foundation. So was your friend in at Vassar your kind of your go to if you had some stuff going on? You of course you'd pray, of course you go to chapel. But that would be your Hey, we didn't like each other. I tell everybody, <laughs> I said, Y'all, we didn't like each other. But we were black. We were from the segregated south. On our first day, our parents kind of threw us together. At, we were in the same dormitory. And it was hard for us. I mean, we, we, we had to encounter racism in a way mm-hmm. that uh, was new for right. us. Uh, and uh, she had a very hard time. I had a very hard time. She's my best friend, everybody. I love her. I love her dearly. She's my best friend. She is, and I'm proud of her. She is a world-renowned, Harvard-trained <clears throat> doctor who is outstanding wow. in her field. How about that? And she gave, she gave an address recently. This is this is God in her life. She gave an address recently. She's over some prominent uh, uh, organization of, of other uh, physicians. And she was the president, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. She's the black president. That's a big deal. She's the black woman president. Very super duper big deal. And she allowed us to come and, and to witness her address, oh, that's a big which deal. was a blessing. But wait, 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 wait. And what she did in her address, she said, y'all don't know me. And she told the story of what it's like to be a little black girl in her world and to grow up with everybody not wanting you to make it. They did not want that woman to apply to Harvard. They did not want her to get into Harvard. They didn't, and when she got into Harvard, they didn't want her to finish in many ways. So uh, all of us had parallel paths of uh, uh, always meeting resistance. And we both would say it was the Lord. Amen. Amen. You now you smile really, really big about your best friend and her accomplishments. I love her. Now let's make you smile. Yeah. Let's make you smile bigger. Let's talk about David. <laughs> son, David. You know I had him on the show a couple months ago. 
Yes, he told me. He told me. Thank you. David is, uh, I live in Atlanta. He lives in Atlanta now. So right now I see him quite often. I see him often. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love him. He was a beautiful little baby. Mm -hmm. You know what it's like to be a beautiful baby would mean nothing to you. Uh, (laughs) And and he's been a great blessing. So I, I remember somebody once said that he was my best friend. He is not my best friend. He is my son. I love him. He is the joy of my life. It is an honor to be his mother. Your mother would be a best friend, but not uh, my best friend would be a best friend. Mm -hmm. But he was my son and a great son who married a great woman whom I love dearly and who had great kids. I mean, God is just blessed. It's just blessed. Amen. And you got two grandsons? Yes, they're awesome. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. It's interesting. You know, I think I love being a parent. You know, I mean, you you know, I love being I love being Williams' bad father. Um, but it's interesting you said that is that I think a lot of unfortunately a lot of situations where parents forget, and even the the siblings, the the, the, the children forget. We're not best friends. We're not friends. I'm the parent. And then it it, it just it it, it it has murky word waters. You you can be a great parent because your child needs to be guided, mm-hmm. and the word tells us all of that. The the child needs to be guided, even even as an adult. But you can have so much joy in the Lord with your family. Oh and I think sometimes I hear so many people, oh, the terrible twos. Oh, adolescence is going to be horrible. Oh, when they leave and go to college, it's going to be uh, the emptiness. It's going to be terrible. It, God fixes it so that it gets better and better Amen. and better. And I tell people that. I said, oh, it gets better. Oh, what do you mean it gets better? Oh, it gets better. Wow. That's fantastic. Um. Wow, Brenda, you you've done a lot in your life. You've done a lot in the ministry. Um, do you have a a a part that you're most that you're fondest of 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 your of your profession, as far as you know what you do, where you've gone, different cities? I, I love being a mother of a of a baby child and a little boy. Oh my gosh, that was just great, great, great <clears throat> discovery. Mm-hmm. In terms of work, I loved the counseling. So as a young uh, PhD, I wasn't even a PhD doctoral candidate. It was, I was good at, at the counseling therapy, psychotherapy. I thought it was because I was so smart. And I thought it was because uh, uh, I had, I told you I was always academic. So I thought it was that. It was not. It was an anointing that came from a different place. I can't even take credit for it. So now I am wise enough to know uh, you can't be smart enough to impact lives. It has been an honor and a privilege to to sit with people in their brokenness and to be with them as they transform and come through on the other side. So certainly there have been moments in, and I love it still. I love it still when I'm, when I know that, uh, this person who feels like they're at the end of their rope, this person who is suicidal, mm-hmm. this person who feels like there is no hope, even even a person of God, it, it's very nice to to know that they are going to, because of the decisions that they've mm-hmm. made, they're going to come out on the other side, and it's my privilege to to help them get through that. So that that's been very lovely, and where I've done that at. Uh, as you've said, I've done that in different settings. I think I find the counseling 
therapy very rewarding. And I also like the teaching part too. So I like to teach. I can. Yes, you do. Yes, like you do. Teach. You can tell. And and everybody, what, what you can't tell is that it's always this is because I grew up in segregation because of what I have lived in this world. My work is anchored around empowering people, particularly people of African descent, mm. and helping them to understand their situations and their power. Amen. I mean, you can, you know, you are very have a very powerful, you have very powerful presence and extremely articulate. So you, you draw, you, I know you draw me in every time you speak, I'm just, I'm glued to TV. Um, when you're talking about your patients, your, your clients counseling, you've, I'm sure you've heard and you've dealt with and helped people get through some, some, some heavy stuff. Does it wear on you? No. Uh-uh. Uh, if it were to wear on me, then I'm not I'm not aligned properly. I'm not aligned with God, Holy Spirit. I'm not aligned. Mm. So that's one way of looking at alignment. Mm. Or I'm stepping outside of my skill area. So there, there's some people I don't see. Mm. I don't see very violent people mm. who are likely to hurt others which means they would hurt me if they could get the chance. Mm-hmm. I don't, there's certain people that uh, I have to be safe in order to do the kind of work that I do. So uh, there, there's certain people that I uh, would not be as effective with. But working with people, and you could be just as troubled. You could be, uh, so certainly I've worked with people who have, who have murdered. I've worked mm-hmm. with people who have, Raped, if you will. Mm-hmm. I've worked. With, I have worked with those people. I've worked with young people, old people. I've worked with people who've been raped. I've worked with people who have struggled with murder mm-hmm. in their families. Does it wear? No, because you know that you you connect with their strength. And I think mm-hmm. when we see tragic situations, we tend to connect with a tragedy. We tend to connect with the pain and the fear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that means that people think, well, I know you're going to be worn out by it. If you can connect with that strength, that allows you to uh, mobilize yourself and the other person through the situation. Wow. Now, is that how you were taught? Or is that something that well, you I, really focused on? I had great training. Mm-hmm. So remember, I said I was academic. Mm-hmm. I went to great schools. You list, read them off. I've had great experiences. I am well trained. Mm-hmm. And that allowed me uh, to do a piece of work. But I would say that the far greater blessing has come from life experiences and the people that uh, have trusted me to walk with them through. Uh, their identifiable uh, concerns. So you you grow through this. The work that I do today, I couldn't have done when I was uh, just starting out, even though I was good then. Mm-hmm. I worked with what I had then, but I couldn't have done. So you can walk in my office now and I can pretty much sit with you in a few minutes and go, okay, this is where we headed. Uh, somebody might say, oh, she's a quack. How could, you, how could you do that in such a short? But if you've done it over a right. period of time and if you have that connection, you can look at where the person is and where they need to go. I don't, I could not have done that uh, 
when I was, uh, how old was I? I got my degree when I was 27. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have done that easily in my 30s, early 30s. Do you counsel you? No, I, in the way that you're thinking, not in the way that you're thinking. I think I'm available for growth. Mm-hmm. And what I will do, because I got great people in my mm-hmm. life. Uh, I called somebody last night. I said, hey, look, uh, I got something I want to address. This is what I want to work on. This is how I want to work on it. We're going to work on it from now until my birthday. So that might be a form of counseling, mm-hmm. a form of prayer, mm-hmm. a form of a solidifying strength <clears throat> so that you can become more and more authentic with your relationship with uh, where you are. Absolutely. I think, yes. Yeah. You know, you're very wise. You've been doing it for a long time, but sometimes it might be helpful to have a different perspective, someone from the outside looking in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's been my experience. Anyway, anyway, wow, Brenda. I, I just... I marvel at what you've done, what you do, your humility, I think is huge. Um, Have you attained the goals that you may have had growing up? Well, I guess the first goal I would have had was to finish college. Mm -hmm. I went to a prestige college and I got through it. My, 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 my pleasure in learning was Boston University. I got a degree in African-American mm-hmm. studies. Oh, my gosh. All we did was read and write. Oh, my gosh. I read everything. Oh, that was, oh, that was just nothing but heaven. I just read everybody. And I, so at that point, <clears throat> they didn't have as much material available as we got so much material now that's available. Mm-hmm. But it was a good moment in time. Uh, so what about the goals? I had a practice. That was a goal. Um, and then when I reached 50, so everybody, I'm over 50. Well, you can figure that out if I grew up in <laughs> segregation. But when I reached 50, I said, I've completed a piece of work. And it was very good work. And I didn't have a great concept of time, I thought. And now I can embark upon the spiritual. And I guess that's uh, been a focus that I have. And again, but it was grace. I mean, God clearly has directed me and guided me. So have I reached goals? I would say that I, what I often say is I often say, man, I've got a good life. Boy, I have a great life. I say that frequently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of my colleagues said to me, (laughs) should I say this to all these folk who might be listening? One of my colleagues said, Brenda, you always say that when you're eating. I said, oh, I have a great (laughs) good Boy, I have a good life. Boy, my life is great. You're, I guess so. I think I'm pretty content. You're an avid reader. What made the most impression on you? Is there one that sticks out? Well, remember when I was a young person, so this would be my foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, my foundation would be, let's see if I can, uh, can you see me still? I can see you. Okay, good, because I, I uh, lost you <clears throat> and don't like that. So, uh, my foundation was just reading all the black scholars. So, uh, and remember, well, I don't know if you would remember when I was coming of age, uh, at Vassar at Boston university, that's when the black intellects were really emerging. Mm -hmm. So you had, uh, Cone who was starting to write Mm -hmm. and you had 
the the thinking that was emerging around black intelligentsia and you had uh afrocentric thinking so that was beginning to emerge and uh i think that uh that 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 was an error that that defined me and allowed me to continue to do some reading now the reading that i've done around God and growing occurred later. That occurred uh, more occurred at a later moment. Would I would I say they're great? You know what? I'm looking over there. What books do I like? The book by my cousin uh, is the one that I have, so that I can always look at Michaela by Randall mm-hmm. Robinson. I love that book, but uh, there are, there are a lot of books that I love. I love the books by black uh, scholars very much. Mm-hmm. Ta-Nehisi uh, Coates' book. The Water Dancer, that, that was a great book. So lots of great books. But if you ask me on any day, I would give you a different list of books. You're well read. Now, I don't know how well read I am, but uh, I, I, I do love ideas. Very humble. I like that. Is there anything that you have not done in the ministry or professionally that you really would like to do? You, yes. What is yes. That? Oh, I, I think it's, it's 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 not fully defined, but uh, I have a cousin, uh, Clyde Casey, who says you want to end well, you want to finish this thing well, and I love that. I said yes, I, I want to make sure that I do that. I would like to make sure that the work that I do makes a difference in the world. I think that I would I would uh, be so honored, and and sometimes I am because as uh, I told you the how I've been blessed, but every now and then the blessing will come full circle where somebody will say, you really did. You really did make a difference in my life. And that's, that's joy. You've already done that numerous times. I know you probably get that all the time. That's joy. That's, that's joy. When somebody says, now, you know, what's funny, uh, women, young, beautiful women who have, who have adolescence, Mm -hmm will come up to me and they will say that. I think this is so funny. They will come up and say, do you remember me? And uh, I said, well, you know, help me, help me out some. Don't just leave me here. Are you? And they will tell me, you helped me. And I said, wait a minute. Weren't you the age of this kid of yours? When I, and you, yeah, they do think I remember right. and I do remember them. But yeah, you made a difference in my life. That, that, that's, that's just the honor. That's the yeah. honor. I mean, that's why we're here, to serve. You do it well. It, it, it's a blessing to be able to do that. So I thank God for for where I am Amen. at this moment in history. You know I have to talk about this. What? Your relationship with my mama. Y'all like sisters. Uh, <laughs> uh, I see her picture above you. That picture of oh, your mother. Goodness. I think she was five. How old was she in I that s- picture? Do I you know? stole that. Don't tell her. Oh, I don't know how she was. Well, that's the picture. That was the picture that was on our grandmother's bureau wow. all during my childhood. She had that picture of Jeannie in her sunsuit, and that was what I saw. Your mother. I was telling somebody about this recently. Your mother was a little older than I am, just a little, but she was far wiser. I was telling. Oh, I was telling my grandson about her. I said, you know, she always had more sense than I did. She always did. She uh she was an avid lover of sport because her father was mm-hmm, a coach. Mm-hmm. Well, not to so be. I was telling her that today. I said, so she followed the game 
uh, she it came up because uh, she loves the U.S. Open. My grandson just came from the U.S. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, she goes every year. I said, and she keeps up. I said, she knows about basketball and football. I said, her father was a sport. I said, so she would come and even as as a, a teenager, she would know all about that. And she would talk about the game and she would, and I would just go, la, 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 <laughs> because I only went to have fun, to get something to right. eat, to see who was you know there. To be- <laughs> You're socializing. <clears throat> they were there for the game, and it was so. How is that still? She continues to be a woman who has always been advanced in maturity, in wisdom, and she is generous. She is a. She's always oh, been goodness. generous. She is. So when you were a little boy, when you were a little boy, she was a great cook too. Everybody, so uh, her hash browns, and she was always willing to do it. So when you were very little, I knew you when you were very little. Uh, uh, how she adored you, but she allowed me to be a part of that and to uh, be with her way back when you were with your aunt Jewel. Way back mm-hmm. then, that's when we became friends, and it continued from a then. long time ago. Yep, it was. Please share some nuggets of wisdom for our guests that they may benefit from. So, part of what you want to remember: all these things that we say are are trite and. God is good. You want to remember God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. So you already know that. But if you allow something, if you keep, there's going to be one of those, one of those verses, one of those sayings that you might want to, to just seep into your spirit, because that may be where you are at the moment. So right now, one of my favorite verses is, remember Lot's wife. Mm. Says, Why would you? One of the shortest <laughs> verses. Jesus said it. Jesus said, "You know, uh, the guys always say Jesus wept." That's the that's the one that they quote. Mm. But, but that's that's three words. Remember Lot's wife. And right now, I like to unpack uh, as much as you've heard me talk about my past. That you don't look back so much as you look for mm. and that God, I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what mistake you've made. I don't think what, no matter what glory you have accomplished, no matter the mm. what, that God has more in front oh, of you. And if you allow your will, your way to be anchored in, in God, if you allow what happens when those steps are ordered in the Lord? If you spend enough time in that spiritual place where you and God are alone and connected, it will shock you as to, oh my gosh, isn't this amazing how it turned out? God will amaze you. So allow yourself to be amazed. Allow yourself to walk in amazement and uh, discover what God has in store for you. Amen. Thank you, cousin. This has been wonderful. Thank you, cousin. I love you. Thank you. I love God you. God bless you. Thank you. That was amazing. <laughs> Allow me to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much, much more. 
Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.